Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.33, in Edmonton, back here on Oilers Now. Brendan Ulrich, Devin Horn with you. Bob Stoffer vacationing all week long. But he'll likely join us at some point during the week. You know Bob can't get away from hockey talk for an entire week, so I'm sure he'll uh, join us at some point. Uh, some guests on the program, by the way, received gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. A reminder that every Wednesday is date night at Roos Chris, where you can dine for $120. Where we bring aboard... Another guy who was on holidays, but he was kind enough to uh, join us on the program today. Everyone's favorite, it's Gene Principe from Sportsnet. Gene, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm not even the favorite in my own home, so if I'm the favorite to your listeners, that's uh, that's great to hear. I'm doing good, Brendan. Enjoying sort of the official start of, uh, of summer. This is where I go into teacher mode and <laughs> kind of uh, have fun for July and uh, much of August, and then uh, like all of us, then we get ramped up and get set for September training camp and, uh, well, a European trip. I wouldn't call it a vacation. And then uh, the start of the season along with it. Oh, you're going to Europe this summer. Well, no, no, I don't know. Oh, the Oilers going. trip. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I don't know. It's funny. I get a lot of people asking me if I'm going, but I, I don't know. And I I probably won't find out for another you know month or two. Listen, in our, well, I think in most businesses, July, August is not the time where big decisions are made, <laughs> or even some decisions. They don't even have to be big decisions. I mean, a lot of people uh, are uh, you know, taking some time off and holidays, and so it's hard to get everybody together to make certain decisions. But hey, listen, if I get to go to Germany and Sweden, uh, I'd be happy to do so. Uh, I, I was lucky enough to go to both. First off, my wife is German, so I've been to Germany on vacation, but I was also in Germany and Sweden for the... Uh, Back in 0405 during the lockout, uh, Pat Brisson, his agency uh, with J.P. Barry, uh, put a, a plane full of hockey players and media together, and we, we went over to Europe and we went all over the place. I think it was about a, a 15 or 16 day trip that involved 10 or 12 uh, stops in probably five or six, seven countries. You know, into Russia and Czech Republic and uh, Sweden and Germany and Poland. And so, anyways. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see if we get a chance to, to, to go over to uh, see uh, Leon take on his dad and then uh, Connor take on Taylor Hall and the New Jersey Devils. Yeah, what a start to the season it will be for the Oilers. We'll see how they get through that, and then it's a long road trip back to uh, Edmonton. We'll get back to the Oilers here in a second, uh, Gene, but you were talking about Europe and, of course, a European team won the World Cup. France. Yeah, yeah. Bloque Rouge. I can't. I can't say I know much from my junior high French. Comment ça va? Ça va bien. Je m'appelle, and then you say your name, and then you know the funny thing is I count quite high in French, and I have no idea why because uh, I didn't spend much time on French after junior high. But what a tournament! And uh, listen, I, I, I got to admit, part of my heart wasn't in it because Italy wasn't in it. You just don't have what do they say? You don't have a horse in the race. It's it's hard to conjure up the emotion, the passion, the hatred, the enjoyment, uh, the disappointment, everything that comes with 
pulling for your team, whether it's Italy in the World Cup or Edmonton you know, for the Great Cup or the Oilers for the Stanley Cup. Uh, so, you know, that was missing. But, boy, it was in a small way, it was nice not to be that invested and not to be too concerned about results and have them to be potentially crushing. But Croatia, what a story. I don't think we'll ever see a World Cup final like that again. I mean, most goals in 66 and own goals and, uh, you know, VAR penalty kick calls, which I'm not a fan of, by the way. I, I, I used to referee, uh, and I, I don't like that, but I understand people want to make things perfect nowadays, as we see in the NHL, but uh, not everything has to be perfect, in my opinion, uh, and not everything is going to be right, but we often say that, you know, things even out in the end, and uh, yesterday was a bit of a crushing blow with that uh, penalty kick awarded uh, after it wasn't initially awarded by the Argentine referee. So, but, you know, an incredible story. And if you're Croatian, you're probably disappointed for about 10 minutes, and then you would be extremely proud of what you did. And if you're French, you're on top of the world for four years until someone knocks you off. Absolutely. And uh, they may be back there. They're a young team. I'll give Bob Stoffer credit, uh, Gene, because he picked France at the start of the tournament, and he also yeah. tweeted out saying, youth will be served. And yeah. uh, they are a young squad, and they played with a lot of speed. So it is interesting to see soccer follow the mold. I mean, hockey is way faster than it used to be, and it gets faster each season. Um, football, watching the CFL this season, maybe I'm... <laughs> I, it just looks faster, the game. Because yeah. I'm on the sidelines, of course, so maybe I'm, I'm seeing things a little bit different, but it just looks faster, and it seems like every sport nowadays is all about speed. Uh, so it just seems it's interesting to see all the sports sort of following this, the same uh, route, I would, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. Have you dried out from Friday yet or what? Oh, no. No, not Man. quite. Yeah, I was chilly. <laughs> I felt sick the next day from that. It, so. It's incredible, the, the bad luck they've had with uh, the weather uh, Three or five on games, Friday yeah. night. Yeah, that's that's been that's been terrible. I think football. I will say, um, I, I think football might be the most uh, impactful sport to be watched on a sideline. Uh, I don't think you know people can understand. And you know, we I've had the opportunity, you know, rugby and soccer and baseball, of course, hockey. Uh, but football, I, I think, just because of the fierce clashes that take place with equipment uh, and those, that equipment involves helmets as we saw against C.J. Gable in particular uh, on Friday night. I just think it's like it is an incredible sport to soak up uh, when you're feet or yards or meters away and so you, you do have an incredible opportunity to be uh, where you are but speed is served. I mean and I, you know I see it with the CFL I saw it with that a kid from uh, France who's 19 years old. I got a 19-year-old. His mom still makes his lunch, which is nothing wrong with that. Uh, but, you know, there's a kid scoring goals at the World Cup. I mean, that's it, it was incredible. And, I, and to follow up on Bob and his tweet, it, it's, it's kind of it, it, like life, right? Like, I look at, you know, not to go Dr. Phil here, but I'm 51, and uh, I hope to have a good 10, 15 years left in my broadcast career. But, you know, it's about passing it on to the kids who are now starting to find, you know, you're one of them and you have people at your station like that. And I have some, I've got a house full of kids that are, you know, working their way to finding their way. And uh, whether it's on a soccer pitch, a football field, a, a hockey rink, or, you know, some place uh, at a workplace. And so it's great to see that happening because that is kind of the circle of, of life and the circle of sports. 
Absolutely. And even the NBA, I mean, I know it's yeah. smaller players nowadays that shoot threes, but there is a lot of speed involved. Uh, it seems like the NFL with the run game, it's all about three down backs that can do everything. And, uh, you know, with speed and the CFL as well, I look at uh, Calgary, they got rid of Jerome Messam, and now they have more speed in their run game. And look how good they are to start the season, whereas Saskatchewan has somewhat struggled with Messam uh, in, in the backfield, and he's a bigger bruiser type guy. So we'll move on from that subject. Yeah. Now. But yeah, uh, it is interesting. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, that's, you know, speed usually is tied to youth, right? We, you know, we don't, <laughs> there aren't a lot of 35 year olds that use the World Cup, you know, burners that can just take off, right? They, they use like Modric uh, from Croatia. You know, you start using your skill and your smarts and your experience and your expertise. Uh, there's, there's different ways to succeed, but I tell you what, uh, what do they say? Speed never goes in a slump, and that ties into youth. So, uh, I, I see it in the CFL, and I see it in, you know, talking about the NBA, too. I mean, there are some, uh, wouldn't call him a dinosaur, LeBron. It feels like he is because he, he started playing right out of high school. Uh, but, I mean, uh, it, it, it's just, it, it, it's part of, of what happens in sports. So it's, it's great to see. But, you know, you, know, you don't want to get rid of those that, that aren't maybe as fast anymore and aren't as young but still can play and excel at the sport. To the Oilers here, Gene, and we can follow the, the speed run a little bit here as well because uh, I think it's safe to say they weren't fast enough to start last season. And uh, I know Peter Shirley tried to tinker on the fly a little bit, get a little bit faster when they traded Jokin in. Uh, they tried to bring up some guys from the minors that could skate a little bit. So they tried to get faster. This offseason, they did add some speed with Tobias Reeder. If Yamamoto makes the team, he has some speed as well. Maroon, of course, has moved on uh, to St. Louis in free agency before getting dealt with the deadline line so uh it looks like they have a little bit of a faster roster but uh, what do you make i guess overall of the offseason we haven't had you on in a while and uh, we're going to later on get into our picks here in the pacific so we'll save that but just overall the body of work for peter shirley this offseason what do you think of the job he did well it's a little like last offseason but you know last offseason they were building and the team had had this incredible run and was was one or i guess two goals away from uh, Stanley Cup Conference Final. And so I understood exactly why he did what he did or why he didn't do what he didn't do. I mean, what, what's to tinker with at that point? What's amazing to me, and you said it, Brendan, it, it, like the Oilers, they didn't get slower from May 10th or 11th uh, of that playoff Game 7 Final versus Anaheim, suddenly a training camp. I mean, how much slower could they get in five, six months or four or five? Not not much, but the league just kind of changed on them overnight or over the summer, and it's like, wait a minute, what worked now is maybe not going to be as successful. So, um, I mean, it's, it's hard to, to suddenly throw the game plan out the window, uh, and the Oilers kind of, you know, hung around, relatively speaking, long enough to, you know, I think we all, right, there was that push at Christmas, got to 500 you're like okay this is it right and then they had another push you're like okay this is it uh you know the the ultimate push never showed up and so then you start to go well what are we missing and so i i i like the fact that he's you know he's not ready to abandon everything i mean i i don't think you want to go and change 12 or 13 players and just overhaul the entire club i i don't think that's the way to go um yes open to trade yes open to signing and he did tinker a bit. Uh, I like the fact that Peter was honest and said, listen, we're not going to go and be signing all these high-priced players. 
you know, maybe it's because we don't have the money. Maybe it's because we don't quite have the interest in, in, in doing that specifically. We've <laughs> Listen, you look at the Oilers lineup, they've got a lot of talent. Um, so I like the tinkering that he did. Evan Bouchard, if I'm reading the tea leaves correctly here after what Peter said, you know, uh, we're not in search of an offensive defenseman. Yes, partially because they cost five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten million uh, or more. Uh, but also, I, I think they think they got something in this kid, and they want to give him a chance to be that offensive uh, defenseman. So I, I, I like what he's done. You know, we have to sit and wait and wonder. Um, I, I think what we'll see this year is if for some reason they don't get off to the kind of start that they expect, that moves will be made swifter, quicker, faster. Uh, but, you, you know, you could have Kyler Yamamoto in your lineup, maybe Evan Bouchard's in your lineup. Tobias Breeders in your lineup, and and I again, I don't, you know, if you change four or five cases, that's that's a fair amount already. Um, and you let Connor do his thing, and Leon do his thing, and Darnell do his thing, and Matt Benning do his thing, and so um, I, I like where they're headed. Uh, I know sometimes when things don't go right, people just want to kind of rip the page right and start fresh, but I don't think you can do that in in sports uh, first and foremost because you're often committed a certain amount of years to a certain amount of players for a certain amount of money. So you just kind of work around the edges to see what you can do to kind of, it's almost like curb appeal when you're selling your house. You got the base. It looked, you know, it, it, it's a good place, but you, you cut the grass, you put the, you know, you, you put some flowers in, you make sure the driveway is clean. Like you just, and I think that's what Peter's done. And I think it's going to lead the owners to success again. Now, having said that, there are some question marks still on the roster, Gene. I think down the middle, they are set, of course, with yep. uh, McDavid, Drysdale, Strom, Brodziak. I really like that as their yep. centers. And then, of course, Carrick can play center as well if you need. So uh, they're set there. On the wing, some question marks. Can the D get back to the way they, they were when they made the playoffs uh, two seasons ago? Um, and goaltending, I think uh, I'm confident in Talbot, but I guess yeah, there is some concern there. Well, so you where know, is the, the concern lie for you? Well, I think on the wing, I mean, the big questions are these kids, right? Like, if Jessica Yarvi is able to play, that's one of your top six wingers. If Kyler Yamamoto can play, you're expecting he's going to play in your top six. That's another one of your wingers. I'm not saying he's going to score 40 goals, but there's another one of your top six. Listen, the Milan-Lucic stuff, this, this guy's going to be back and he's going to have a good season in the sentence for me. So there's one of your top six wingers. you got Ryan Nugent-Hopkins. There's a potential top six winger. Jujar Kara, you know, you mentioned him. I like Jujar third or fourth line. I mean, I, I, I think the players are there, but th- th- those that are coming back have to have better seasons, and those that will be added have to have the kind of seasons that you expect from a, you know, first-round pick. So, for sure, that's still agreed. you got to put a question mark there. Uh, but I think we're going to be able to erase the question mark, and I, I think that you know, the players I mentioned are some of the players that are going to help Leon and Connor, and you talked about Kyle being in place, and Ryan Strom. I mean, uh, you know, that's a pretty good-looking lineup. But, agreed, Brendan, they got to do it, right? Yeah. The lineup looked good last year, too. they got to do it. Absolutely. So, having said all that, where do you have the Oilers now in the division? I have them as a wild-card team. Bob has them second. Of course, last year it was Vegas. The Ducks, the Sharks, in the top three. The Kings made the playoffs as a wildcard team. Calgary missed out in the five spot. Oilers missed out. And then the Canucks and Coyotes, seven and eight. So where do you have the Oilers this season in the Pacific? You know what? I'm going to put them first. Okay. Right? It's July. 
This, this isn't going to be taped, is it, right? It's <laughs> oh, it's it's taped, Gene, yes. Uh, you know what? Why not? Let's I tweet mean, it out they, as well. They were so close. They were so close uh, you know, two seasons ago. It literally came down to the last couple of games. Um, and I think I like what Connor said at the boards. I mean, you know, we, we sometimes uh, are after our athletes in any sport because they don't say much. They're full of cliches. But what he said about Edmonton, Thanks for your patience. We'll be back. I'm like, damn, like that is, that is uplifting for the, for the fans. That's uplifting for the players. That's uplifting for the whole organization. And I just think Connor is going to have, I mean, I don't want to say he hasn't had a breakout year because he has, but I just think Connor is going to be lights out and he's going to have maybe as many as 130 points. And I just think he's going to, everyone's just going to lift their game. And they're going to find it early, Brendan, and they're not going to lose it. So I'm going to put them first. Close. I mean, I don't think they're going to be like, you know, run uh, Vegas at 109 points, for example. I see the owners for sure getting over 100, and I like them between 105 and 110. So I'm going to put them at first. Why not? I mean, let's let's go for it. Uh, that's the way I feel with this team. And I, I just, I'm not one to bet against Connor. Uh, and I just think he's really going to continue to lead in more ways than one. Well, you're officially on the record here, thanks to our good friend yes. uh, Robin Brownlee. He has tweeted oh, us saying, he, "Okay, he tweeted." Oh saying, yeah, Robin. Robin won't <laughs> let me forget it, so that's okay. So there you have it. Uh, where do you have Vegas, by the way? Because uh, Bob had them first again in the division. I, I have no idea where to put them. I just put yeah. them out because I, I think it's safe that they'll they'll take a step back. How far of a step back is the question? I have no idea. But where do you have yeah, Vegas next season? I don't know. I'm gonna say I'm gonna. I hate you know. I don't like being uh, you know Debbie Downer here and say, oh they're gonna miss. It. But I just think that there's really gonna be a drop off this season. I just think that. Uh, that it's going to be difficult for them. Uh, I, I just, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the Oilers as an example, right? You, and they didn't make it to the Cup final. Uh, it is really tough to follow that up. Uh, some teams, organizations are built to do it year after year after year, and I think that's where Edmonton's headed. I would love to see Vegas in there because I love going to Vegas uh, and pretending to work, but it's. I just think it's going to be difficult for them to do it. They have the right piece in their goalie, right? That's the one thing that they have that isn't, you know, a, a turnover. Will William Carlson get 43 goals? You know, likely not. Uh, but I think Marc-Andre Fleury can be a really good goalie again. So that's what that's the, kind of the piece of the puzzle they have that might surpass many of the other teams, not only in the West, but in the league. But I think it's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs just to follow up. Because let's not forget, I mean, even if they lose... Let's say they lose seven or eight more games, which isn't a lot. Uh, now you're talking about a team in the mid to lower 90s, and that might not be enough. So it doesn't take a lot to fall out, and it doesn't take a lot to move up. And so I think that's why Edmonton will do so. But I would like to see Vegas go in. Uh, you know, the fans are so uh, supportive. It would be nice for them not to go from, geez, the ultimate extreme high almost, to not even being in the postseason. Where do you have the Calgary Flames? I I have them second, and some guy texted and called yep. me an idiot, but I do like what they did this offseason, Gene. I mean, they added James Neal. They traded for Lindholm. Uh, and, of course, um, they now have Hannafin as well and got rid of Dougie Hamilton. They have a coaching change. So a lot of question marks of the Flames, yeah. too, but I like what they did this offseason. I think they're in the playoffs this year, and I think finally Edmonton and Calgary meet in the playoffs. I just think that it was so close two seasons ago, and I think we have to go back to 91 
the last time they met in the playoffs. I mean, they both have to make it. But I think Calgary's a playoff team. I really like Bill Peters. Um, and, I, you know, i got to tell you, getting Glenn Gulletson, we should talk a little bit about, uh, I, I like the Oilers coaching staff a lot. And I think that can make a difference. Um, so I, I think that getting those guys, well, you know, two former head coaches and an, an up-and-comer uh, in Manny Viveros, uh, I, I like, you know, him maybe giving them a perspective that you sometimes lose when you spend your, not your whole career, but much of your recent career in the National Hockey League as a coach. Uh, but I, I think the Calgary will be in. Uh, you know, I think they'll be closer to the, you know, low 90s, mid 90s, whatever it takes to sort of to, to sort of slip in. But I think they'll be in, and I think we're going to get a battle of Alberta, and I can already look forward to it. I mean, I, I, I believe it would be incredible hockey, and uh, Matthew Kachuk would make sure that <laughs> everybody loves him in Calgary and everybody hates him in Edmonton. Um, so it, it, it was set up to be just, I, I think, fantastic entertainment. So I've got Calgary getting in. It's the middle of July, Gene, but you're getting a lot of people excited today. You have the Oilers in first yeah. and the Battle of Alberta back, so I Let's think that's a good way to end it. I love it. <laughs> I agree. All right, Gene. Well, hopefully they'll do this again soon. Uh, enjoy the rest of the week off and uh, the rest of your summer as well. Great. Thanks, Brendan. Look forward to seeing you sometime soon. Sounds good. That's uh, Gene Principe from Sportsnet. Friend of the show. Love when we get a chance to uh, catch up with him. By the way, going back to that texter that was giving me the gears about the Calgary Flames... I really like their roster. I'm, I'm on daily face-off right now, looking at their lines. Right now, they have Gaudreau, Monaghan, James Neal as their top line. They have the second line of Kachuk, Backlund, and Froelich, and that line was together for most of last season. But you also have Lindholm. So he could likely jump up to your first line or your second line and replace Froelich or Neal. So... I just really like the, the mix. They have Derek Ryan likely as their third-line center now, Mark Jankowski as, what, 3A, 3B, I guess. Uh, Sam Bennett, if he can take a step forward this season, the Flames look pretty good from top to bottom. So, uh, and I know a lot of other fans don't like to hear that, so perhaps maybe that's why that texter was uh, saying what he said. But to me, the Calgary Flames made a lot of positive changes this off season. Twelve fifty four in Edmonton. We're uh, you know late for a break. We'll see what we can do. Uh, Devin will have to move some things around or take us right to the news. But uh, when we get back at one o five, we will go interactive, and you can chime in uh, with your picks on the Pacific Division at one thirty five. We'll chat with Josh Cooper as well. That's ahead on Oilers now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca.